Nobody cares really about anyone but themselves. And if you are wrapped up in what another law firm is doing, you're going to be stressed out. It's not a zero-sum game. That just because somebody else is winning doesn't mean you're losing. I'm Michael Mogul, founder and CEO of Crisp, the nation's number one law firm growth company. I've built my business through practice, not theory. Crisp started with just $500 to my name and has grown to over eight figures in revenue over the last few years, earning a spot on the Inc. 500 list of the fastest growing private companies in America. Our approach has been to take everything we've learned about generating massive growth within our own organization and help the country's most ambitious and committed law firm owners do the same for theirs. In each episode of this podcast, I sit down with innovative market leaders from the legal industry and beyond to learn from those who thrive in the face of adversity, challenge the status quo, and define what it means to be a true game changer. This is Jessica, head of coaching strategy at Crisp, and today we're flipping the script for another special edition episode to get Michael's take on how to maintain your well-being as a leader when facing significant setbacks, why comparison is truly the thief of joy, and the key synergy between success and fulfillment. Are you trying to impress somebody else? Are you trying to prove somebody wrong? Maybe you're trying to prove your friends wrong. Maybe you're trying to prove your parents wrong. Maybe you're trying to show up somebody. And then as you grow through these different levels, you start to realize, well, I don't really care about proving anybody wrong. That's coming up on the Game Changing Attorney Podcast. All right, here we are for another AMMA I'm excited. I'm excited. We just got back from a little boat trip and turns out people like the AMMAs. They like the question answer format. Uh, For those of you jumping in to the podcast, we do three types of episodes. We've got our traditional interview style format. This is where we bring in speakers, legal industry and beyond, expert authors, athletes, entrepreneurs, trial attorneys, etc. And then we pick their brains and then the result is the interview that you listen to on the podcast. We've got the Encore Editions. These are some of the most popular episodes that we've had on the podcast. I know a recent one was David Goggins. That episode, you know, the term like broke the internet. I don't know if it broke the internet, but it's been absolutely one of our most popular episodes of the podcast in the last several years. David doesn't do a whole lot of podcasts. I think for his last book, he did a podcast with Joe Rogan and a podcast with us. And I think that was it. So there's not a whole lot of those. And then I think he recently did one with Andrew Huberman. So that's you know a huge treat. If you haven't, go back and listen to that episode of David Goggins. He also sets the record for the most profanities in a single podcast episode. And then finally, we've got these episodes, the AMMAs. You guys submit your questions. You text them in at 404-531-7691. Can you believe it? You send the message. And then if it's a good or bad enough question, we'll answer it on this podcast. And finally, there is a fee for the podcast. The podcast is free. But if you enjoy an episode, please share the podcast and leave us a five-star review, either on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. It helps us reach more people. It helps us keep the podcast free. And it prevents us from having any sort of sponsors on this podcast because I don't want us to sell our souls and then be told what we can or cannot say. And then I get a call and then I get a text that says, I'm uncomfortable with you featuring this guest on this podcast. Well, unfortunately, you don't dictate the format of the podcast. So we're going to Feature them anyway. We've already had instances like these. Can you imagine what it would be if we actually had sponsors that said, look, we're going to pull our sponsorship if you let this episode air, which is silly. So we want to be able to keep it free flowing and be able to say whatever we want. And that's why the podcast remains free. But it will only remain free if you guys share the show. If you like the show, if you don't like it, you don't have to share it. And with that, Jessica, what do we got today? All right. So as you said, good enough, bad enough questions. I try to pick good ones, but we are going to focus this first one really around fulfillment. So I think we're still, you know, 
kind of in the new year. So people are still on that train right now of just like fulfillment, change, everything. So I'm going to kick it off with the first one. I'm often torn between investing time in my firm and spending quality moments with my wife and kids. Last month, I felt like I couldn't have it both ways. How have you successfully navigated this balancing act to achieve fulfillment in both areas? Wow. Okay. Well, isn't that assumptive to believe that I've successfully navigated this balancing act? First of all, let's get one thing out of the way. Just right out of the gate for this episode, this word balance that has been manufactured on the internet is complete nonsense. And it is perpetuated by people who do not have balance themselves. They don't have balance in their life and they don't have balance in their checking accounts. If you were to actually look, but they created this idea that you can have a 50-50 balance of all things in your life working in perfect harmony. You can have it perfect at the office and perfect at home and perfect in relationships. And all you have to do is buy their course and they'll teach you how you can also have similar balance in your life. Okay. The most successful people that I know operate through periods of significant imbalance. Okay. And this idea of trying to keep things level constantly means you're going to be either mediocre at everything you do, underperforming in everything you do, and probably dissatisfied and probably not fulfilled. Because what is balance? I mean, if you look at it, let's say on a bell curve, it is in the middle. It is where most people fall. Okay. So this is your typical person working nine to five, 40 hours a week, making, you know, let's say mediocre income. They're not happy with the income. They've got tons of credit card debt. They've got tons of loans. They maybe they take 1.5 vacations a year. They're constantly stressed out. They live for the weekends. That's average. So if your goal is that, right? Well, I mean, that is obviously very, very attainable. But I guess to answer this question of how do you achieve this balance, I think it starts with getting this word out of your head. Okay. And there's this idea that it's not really so much about balance. It's about being able to prioritize the things and the people that are important to you. And really, I mean, the way you spend your time is really dictated by what is important to you and what are your priorities. Okay. If your family's more important to you than the business, you're going to spend more time with your family. And if the business is more important to you, you're going to spend more time with the business. That doesn't mean you don't care about your family and vice versa. That doesn't mean you don't care about your business, but what I have found, and this is not a very popular answer. I imagine this could rub some people the wrong way. It is that if the business is stressing you out and you are stressed out and wondering, how do I spend quality time with my family? Solve the problems in the business first, because if you are able to draw the line and say, whoop, time to clock out for the day, you still carry those problems with you. It's still stressing you out. It's keeping you up late at night. When you're with your kids, are you really present because you're thinking about all the business challenges and problems that you have, but yet you're trying to do this 50-50 balancing act, Okay. So instead, I would recommend solve the business problems. And this involves potentially months, years of counterbalance. Oh, daddy, he's not there for me. Oh, where is he? He's not around because you're solving this stuff and you're trying to figure it out. And you can either do it now or you can have it continually haunt you and haunt your dreams for the rest of your life. So I believe in solving the root issues of the business. I mean, you know, perhaps you need to learn to delegate. Perhaps you need to learn to be able to put systems in place in your business. Perhaps you need to be able to find great people and hire them and train them and develop them in your organization. If you haven't done those things, you're going to be continuously stressed out. And then if you do do those things, well, then when you're actually with your family, you're going to be much more present because all of everything else in the business isn't stressing you out. So that's my recommendation. Instead of trying to like seek out balance, I mean, look, you can sit there, you can meditate, you know, you can go live with the monks. You can go, you know, on a vegan diet. I don't know, whatever it takes for you. I mean, you can cold plunge, sit in saunas if that helps you but the problems are still there and you, and you have to deal with them and face them. So I think the best way to be able to be present wherever you are is to be fully dedicated to wherever you are. And if you want to be present with your kids and if you want to be present with your family and you're an entrepreneur, then you can't bring those problems home with you. And the best way to not bring them home with you is to solve them, solve them at the root, solve them in the business. This is going to involve maybe years of imbalance. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's just the reality. Then you have a life where perhaps you can dictate how you spend your time, who you spend your time with and what you do. And that can look more balanced. I would say my life right now is very imbalanced because 
I spent a lot of time on these self-care things I didn't have the luxury of doing over the last, let's say, decade plus. So maybe it's now you know, more balanced in the other direction or counterbalanced in the other direction. Before it was like 80 to 100 hours a week in the business, every single week for years. That wasn't balanced. Now we take a lot of trips and take a lot of vacations, spend a lot of time with our family, spend a lot of time you know, with our kids. That's not balanced, right? So instead of trying to seek out the balance, just know that it is perpetuated by the multi-level marketing, e-commerce, drop shipping, whatever, all this online bullshit. And they have you convinced that somebody else has it figured out and they do not. No one has it figured out. Yeah. And I would add one thing that we used to talk about a lot is we would say sacrifice, but it's not really a sacrifice. Everything you do is a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on to the next one here. So I busted my ass in my 20s and 30s, worked 12 hour days, reinvested every penny I could back into my firm and lived well below my means to be able to afford a more comfortable life in the future. Now I'm in my late 40s and the things I'd been saving for, a bigger house, international vacations, etc., just don't seem to interest me anymore. Have you ever experienced a shift in your own goals and desires as your entrepreneurial journey progressed? How did you handle it? Yeah, absolutely. The goal of making money is to not worry about money. It's really to create options for yourself. And if you were, you know, a industrious mouse, you know, in your early years, in your 20s and 30s, and you worked hard and you, you know, you live within your means, which just sounds like you did the right thing. Now you're at a point where you hit the number early. You know, there's going to be people that spend their entire lives chasing that number only to realize the thing you've already realized in your 40s, that it does not create that fulfillment for you. And you think, oh, once I get here, everything is solved and everything is amazing and I'm going to be happy all the time. And instead, you realize that, oops, I got here and I'm not fulfilled. So what do I do about that? And I think it's realizing that, again, what is the point of money? Right. Like what is this like manufactured currency? Like, what, what do we do with it? Right. Because as, a, as an entrepreneur, all you're doing is moving resources around. And the goal is to be able to take resources from a lower level of output and move them to a higher level of output. That is the reason why you hire people. That is the reason why we have a product or service. It is this idea that we can create greater output from the resources that we have. And it's also understanding that money is just a tool and it's just a tool that enables you to be able to do something with it. And if you don't have anything to do with it, then you're going to be wondering, why am I accumulating? Right. I mean, you can only run up the score, you know, so high, but if let's say you don't want a bigger house, you don't want a boat, you don't really care about all these material items because you've probably realized that they don't bring you any lasting happiness. Well, you can invest in experiences, but also realizing that what are you going to do with this money? Maybe you don't have the level of freedom that you want in your organization. You can hire better people. You can delegate more. You can, you can grow your organization. You can invest more in your infrastructure. You can invest more in marketing. You can start a foundation. You can start a charity. You, you know, there's so many things that you can do. You can donate to a lot of great causes. So it's just, you have to you know, have an idea of what you can do with this resource, you know, now that you have it, does it enable you to do something you couldn't do previously? And if it doesn't, and you're good, and you have everything that you want, well, then you have to really look at how are you spending your time? Because if you have everything you want, then why are you doing anything you don't want to do? What is really the point of money? It is to get yourself to a point where you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. You don't have to spend your time with anybody you don't want to spend your time with. We it Kevin haven't. O'Leary? He was like, it means I don't have to answer any phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago, like the three different types of freedoms, kind of like the, the fuck you freedoms, right? So there is fuck you money, which people know, essentially, I mean, people have heard that and you have so much money that essentially you do not have to deal with anybody or do business with anybody you don't want to do a business with. You can't be bought and paid for. You can spend your time however you like. Okay. That's great. Then there's fuck you time, which is essentially this is a version of the F you money, but it is more so around like how you spend your time, who you spend your time with, et cetera. And then there's the highest level, right? The highest, the tip of the peak, the FU status, where you're not even playing status games anymore. You don't care. You deleted your social media. 
It doesn't matter. You don't care how many likes you get. You don't even care to show off what you're doing. It does not matter to you. You don't, you just don't want to play the game anymore, quite frankly. And you enjoy what you're doing. I've known a lot of successful people that have kind of disappeared from the limelight for this very reason. I think some of the most successful people in the world, you don't even know about them. They don't show up on the Forbes list. Like they're the quiet ones, right? They're not posting stories and things like that. So that, those are the different levels where, I mean, this is all a game at the end of the day. It is, are you trying to impress somebody else? Are you trying to prove somebody wrong? Maybe you're trying to prove your friends wrong. Maybe you're trying to prove your parents wrong. Maybe you're trying to show up somebody. And then as you grow through these different levels, you start to realize, well, I don't really care about proving anybody wrong. And I don't really care what these people on the internet think. And then you start to realize, okay, well, why am I doing even what I'm doing? And that's where you truly become dangerous because now you're passionate about what you do and you don't do it just simply because the goal is to get to some sort of destination. Now you're playing an infinite game. All right. We'll round it out with question three then. (laughs) So just after I achieved a big goal, I compared my firm's growth to one of my competitors and learned that they surpassed me. Needless to say, it was quite demotivating. How do you suggest I break the habit of comparing myself to others? Delete your social media? I don't know. I mean, let's do this. Take yourself back to when you started your law firm, okay? Years and years and years ago. Now, at that time, imagine somebody told you, here's where you will be. You'd probably be like, I'm ecstatic. That'd be amazing to grow the firm to this point, to have this many team members, to serve this many people in our community, to have this amount of revenue, to be able to take home this amount of profit, to live in this type of home, to be able to spend our time in this way. You'd be ecstatic. But then you get there, and the only reason that you're upset is because now you're comparing against somebody else based on from where you are to where you are not. And that is what's going to create a lot of just disappointment and discouragement because there's always somebody doing better. I mean, I've known people, check this out, somebody that got to a billion dollars, billion dollars, but the billion dollar business, that's a thousand million. And they look over and say, well, this guy over here has got a $10 billion business. So I'm inadequate, you know, and you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. So it never ends. And you decide to play the game. Comparison is the thief of all joy. I don't know. I don't even know exactly. I think it's that. I don't know the phrase there, but the whole point is if you're going to be comparing yourself to somebody else, then you're going to constantly be disappointed because there's always somebody either doing better in one area financially, but you also don't know how they're doing in other areas. You know, someone could be a tremendous business success, but be a horrible father or mother or somebody's, you know, making a ton of money, but they're on a lifeline when it comes to their health and, you know, they're not sleeping well, they're exhausted all the time. Like who knows how many years they've got left. And you also don't know if anybody who's doing well, let's say in their business is actually happy, you know, and that they enjoy the relationship there. I mean, you don't know those things. So I think if you're only comparing one thing and, and the problem with social media is all you see is just highlight reel. Everybody's on vacation. Everybody's on vacation on social media. It's funny. It's like if you were following me over the last couple of weeks, you'd see that little yacht trip we took with some of our Chris Bex members and you'd think this is the thing we do all the time. Well, we only do this once a year and everybody went on that trip. When they're not on that trip, they're working their asses off, Right. But it's like when you're seeing photos from the yacht, I'm putting up these little inspirational quotes and all this stuff. I'm sure someone looks at that and thinks, oh, must be nice, right? But that's just that's just a tiny sliver of all the work that's necessary to get there. And But, you know, the, people aren't really posting stories of them working their asses off in the office and when they're there and they're, you know, at two o'clock in the morning and then having to do that again and again and again for decades. So I think the comparison game is just, you choose whether you play that game or not. And... If you're constantly chasing after somebody else, in some respects, that can actually be motivating because it can, you know, it can create this desire, you know, you kind of choose the right enemies or alternatively, it can create a lot of just stress and anxiety needlessly. 
So it really just comes down to why are you doing what you're doing, being able to answer that question, and then it's being able to answer it for yourself. We talked about this on previous podcasts when people are doing goal setting. Someone sets one number and they say five million. I want to grow my firm to five million. Another firm hears that and they say, I'm going to do 10 million. Another one hears it and says 20 million, then 50 million. It's like price is right. And if you ask them, well, why that number? And they're like, well, it's just because it's bigger than you know this other person's number, right? And I think it's important to have a reason that goes beyond just simply bigger numbers. And it's just making sure that that is really what you want. I mean, look, when you're 90 years old, you're 100 years old, I think Alex Formosi said it when we did a podcast earlier, you know, he was saying that, look, when you die and when you pass on, you're going to have a funeral and there's going to be people that you work very close with right now that probably won't make it to your funeral because something came up or they were hungry or whatever. And we see this all the time, even with like very known like public figures, like the Queen of England died, right? And that's a big deal. But when's the last time somebody thought about the Queen of England? When's the last time somebody even said anything or talked about it? So it's like this, this whole idea is that nobody cares. Nobody cares really about anyone but themselves. And if you are wrapped up in what another law firm is doing, you're going to be stressed out. It's also this idea, I will also mention this, is that it's not a zero-sum game. That just because somebody else is winning doesn't mean you're losing. Multiple people can win. There's more than enough to go around. And I find that when you focus on yourself, your family, your own team, your own organization, your own community, that everything else works itself out. So I would just encourage you, if you, if you want something practical, just delete your social media. But over the long term, it's really just asking yourself, well, why are you doing what you're doing? And like, what is actually important to you? So maybe you don't need to get to a billion and say, oh, I want to do 10 billion. Because guess what? The person who's at 10 billion, he's looking at the, at the, uh, the person who's at 100 billion and he's feeling inadequate. So the cycle repeats. Never ends. It never ends. All right. Thank you, Michael. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Game Changing Attorney podcast with Michael Mogul. If you found this episode valuable, here are three free ways that we can help you grow your law firm. Number one, download the first chapter of Michael's book absolutely free at GameChangingAttorney.com. Number two, you can shoot Michael a text at 404-531-7691 and ask him any question you'd like. You might just hear the answer on the next episode. And finally, number three, if you can leave this podcast a five-star review, it will help us gain access to more influential thought leaders and bring their lessons learned here to you. For more information on this episode, see the show notes in your podcast app or visit LegalPodcast.com.